food in the Northwest, guaranteed fresh. It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda, a dynamic duo who share the joy of the Catholic faith through catechesis and conversation on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And a very happy Friday morning to you, March 24th, 7 a.m. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend. Running a little behind this morning. Uh, where are yeah, you? I was in, in the kitchen making breakfast for you. So, I called uh, down the hall because I, I saw you go down because this is about the time where you, I think you go reheat your coffee. Yes. And I went, 30 seconds, David. I know it. You come running yeah. in, but your coffee's hot? Thank you. Yeah, I wasn't really making breakfast for you. Sorry. I was reheating <laughs> my coffee. But I made it. Good. Well, Thank wonderful. You. you should make it. It's Friday. Hey, you know what? When I drove in this morning What'd up here see? on Sylvan Hill, it was snowing. <laughs> Snowing about in that? springtime. Snowing in, in springtime. It's not sticking on the ground, thank goodness. But I saw a few flakes coming down, too. Yeah, you know, I saw on the little news feed that there are some schools that are on either a two-hour delay or maybe buses on snow routes. So these are typically in areas that are of elevation in the outlying areas. So if you live in those areas, you may want to check with your school district to see what's going on today. I think on the north side of the river, I heard Battleground was on snow routes. Camas and Washugo also on snow routes. I don't know if any of those are delayed yet, but yeah. check your school alert. Yeah, and if you're heading Before through you head the out. mountain passes, yeah, you, you got snow up yeah, there for sure. Be ready today. So I'm thinking about that because uh, next week is spring break. So I'm wondering how many people out there were going to be hitting the roads today after school's out or tomorrow. And it's like, yeah, if you are, definitely check the road conditions before you go. For sure. But it does look like this might be another little short-lived little cold snap because it looks like as we move through the week, we're getting back into those spring-like temperatures, getting to uh, the upper 50s, close to 60 degrees again. Are we? Yeah, that's what it says. Are we really? Yeah. Okay. You know what? I it's, believe you. It's all of a, a state of mind. It's true. Yeah, you know, and and who's unhappy if a college student unhappy during spring break? Yeah, you know we're going to talk with Ken Hellenius. Yeah, and of course he's at the University of Notre Dame. So I think he said the students there were on spring break last week. So we'll we'll chat with them to find out right. if they're back and what their weather is like. A lot of, uh, I know a lot of those Midwesterners, they head south for spring break. Do they head south? Yeah. So Go that for the seems warm like uh, they probably got some nice weather then if they had to do that. So, well, next w- next week is the last week of March. It's the last week of March. Yeah. So yeah, that's right. So Portland school districts are on spring break next week. Next week. On the Clark County schools, they are the week after that. So they're that week of Holy Week. So, that so all be... the kids are off that week. So, uh, April 2nd through the... Yeah. whatever that is, 7th, 6th, something like that. First week of April, they yep. have spring break. Not to them, so. What, what are you guys doing? Anything exciting? No, nothing Not yet. Well, no, Christian's got himself a little road trip. We're letting oh, that's him. that's nice. He's, he's close to 18 years old, so he's going to take his car and head out to eastern Washington, nice. look for the sun a little bit, and spend some time out there. Uh, he took up uh, snowboarding. Yeah. This year, so we might find a mountain near there. and. Uh, no, I'm sure he's there's still plenty of snow. Out there, uh Baker or Adams, yeah, Adam, yeah. Mount Adams, Bad I think Adams is out there. It's out that way. So I don't know if they're skiing there, but he'll probably find some if he can. Well, yeah. One of the stories we have coming up too is about California, and you know they've been in such a drought over like the last three, four years, mm-hmm. severe drought. But it's it's making itself up this nice. year. 
Yeah, so we'll we'll have that for you. What are you what are you talking about today? Well, David, big news. U.S. bishops are voicing their concern about a proposal that looks like it may rescind federal religious freedom protections on college campuses. It's kind of interesting in this nuanced way that they're saying that this they have a better option, they say. But U.S. bishops are like, I'm not so sure about that. So okay. I'm going to tell you about that story. Oh, you know what I was going to mention to you? What's that? Today's your day. It's, Today is yeah. my day. It's National, Brenda- it's National Cocktail Day. Oh, because you always say you're not much of a you, you don't like a lot of beer, a lot or wine, of beer, but you're, maybe half a glass of wine, not much. But I enjoy a cocktail yeah. on the weekend for sure. So, do you know which uh, is the most popular spirit used in cocktails? Uh, I will go with um, mm, well, it's going to be one of the big ones. I'll go with uh, tequila because it's been popular recently. Oh, sure, incorrect. Gin would have, was my other option. No, what vodka. Vodka? By far. Really? Yeah. That's the most popular spirit used in cocktail mixing. Okay. Well, I'm going to have a vodka soda with a twist <laughs> okay. of lime when I get home because that's what I go for. <laughs> okay. There, there you go. Uh, I guess let's get on with the show. Oh, absolutely. Let's start things off now with Wall and Always and Everywhere. And you are listening to The Morning Blend on Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Saints and angels 
That is Wall, Always and Everywhere. It's 710 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. David and Brenda with you on this Friday. Woohoo! Yay, Friday it is. Coming up, we're going to talk with our good friend at the University of Notre Dame, Ken Hellenius, right after the forecast. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join Mater Day Radio and Holy Cross Priest Father Jim Gallagher in prayer with the morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day. For all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for sin, for the intentions of all my friends and associates, and in particular, for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit MatriDayRadio.com. Support from Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Blessings from Heaven, the peaceful place to shop for all things Catholic. Blessings from Heaven has a variety of gifts for all occasions and many other Catholic items to choose from. Located on the corner of 3rd and Southwest Tucker Avenue in Beaverton, Blessings from Heaven is open Tuesday through Saturday. For more information, call 503-644-1814. At Mater Dei Radio, everything we do is meant to illuminate the truth of Christ. From starting the day with David and Brenda on the morning blend to closing the night with the mysteries of the rosary, 
We're devoted to leading souls into the way, the truth, and the life of Jesus. Mark your calendar for April 17th through 21st as we seek the truth during Matraday Radio's 2023 Spring share It's going to be a week of joyful celebration, and you can be a big part of it by helping us build a strong matching fund. Your support now will have a deep impact on Matraday Radio's success in April by providing a strong incentive for our share listeners to match your prayerful giving. To learn more and make your matching gift, go now to MatradayRadio.com or the Hail Mary Media app and seek the truth during our 2023 Spring share at Matraday Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Seven thirteen here at Monster Day Radio. Well, that storm warning is now in effect for the Coast Range, Cascades, and Central Oregon. Mm-hmm. Now, we're not getting any snow sticking to the ground. We saw a few flakes falling here yep. on Sylvan Hill, and we know that outlying areas did get a little bit of snow overnight. So want to check your uh, news feeds and school alerts to see if you are part of that delay. Now, here in Portland, we have mostly red roads, cool temperatures. We are not going to get out of the upper 40s today. It is going to be a cooler day. Yep, rain showers throughout the day. Then overnight, we get near freezing again. Could see another dusting of snow and higher elevations. Rain continues into Saturday. We start to break up a little on Sunday as we move through the week. More spring-like temperatures, though. All right, 37 degrees at All Saints Church in Portland. And it is 38 degrees at St. Joseph's Church in Vancouver. Sometimes hilarious, always hilarious. It's Keeping Up with Ken Hilarious on Mater Day Radio. And he is the host of Living Stones, heard every Monday evening, 7.30, right here on Mater Day Radio, or anytime on the Hail Mary Media app. And our man at the University of Notre Dame in South Bend, Indiana, we welcome Mr. Ken Hilarious. Hey, happy National Cocktail Day to you. You know, I only wish I knew that before because uh, I would be having a tasty beverage along with you, David. Well, you know, I I envision you and your bride sitting there in your mid-century modern home, listening to jazz records on the hi-fi, you sporting an apricot-colored ascot, sipping on a cocktail. Is that an accurate depiction? Uh, everything was accurate except that we actually have a uh, quadraphonic sound, not a hi-fi. Ah, look at you. But, <laughs> but, but, but you do have the apricot ascot. Uh, yeah, well, uh, it's part of my extensive collection of ascot and other, uh, other, you know, uh, vintage neckwear, of course. Yes. Uh, along with I your mean, a beret uh, to go with it. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love it. Well, you how, got me. How you doing today? How was, how was St. Patty's Day for you? St. Patrick's Day was lovely. I went to a party. You're going to love this. I went to a party at the uh, home of uh, dear friends Josh and Stacy Nome, and it was primarily uh, people by folks who had lived and worked in Portland and at the University of Portland. Oh, wow. So we had a wonderful gathering of uh, friends, uh, lots of, you know, uh, Holy Cross priests and brothers that had worked at UP and lay people, uh, those of us who worked at the university, and it was just a, it was a, fantastic time uh that sounds wonderful well great times yeah. that's for sure yeah Kid, kids back at school this week now everybody's back and now is the final push so you know there are about six weeks left in the semester at this point 
because uh, they the students finish in the uh, the last week of April, first week of May, and then uh, so yeah, we're we're very near the end at this point. And uh, last night we had a little uh, a Soren Fellows soiree, Ooh. which was a dance that was organized by uh, the uh, uh, student fellows that are attached to the Danicola Center here at Notre Dame, where I work, yeah. and uh, had about uh, 225 students uh, getting their groove on. Nice. Uh, and, uh, and, but that was kind of, in some ways, some of the last hurrah, uh, you know, because they're, they're buckling down and, and uh, getting their studies done. Nice. And uh, just another opportunity for you to wear uh, one of your ascots. <laughs> and beret and beret, and beret. yes very, very yeah. nice <laughs> well c- coming up tomorrow the annunciation of our lord and so again we talk about some of these feast days this is a solemnity though correct so it is yeah this is a solemnity not in the united states a holy day of obligation True. Uh, in the rest of the world it is uh, for the most part. But uh, since 1884, the American bishops at the Third Plenary Council of Baltimore, which of course you were at, so sure, you remember yes. all the details. <laughs> yes. uh, but uh, yeah, in the United States, the Annunciation uh, is a solemnity because this is, the Annunciation is the beginning of our salvation uh, in Christ. It's in some ways the D-Day beachhead in the battle against Satan. Um, Jesus Christ, the second person of the Blessed Trinity, comes to uh, fulfill the promise that we that that God gave to Adam and Eve in in the book of Genesis, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. Um, and so, on the 25th of March, nine months before Christmas, the archangel Gabriel sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. That's what we read in the Gospel of Luke. This is the beginning of salvation. Um, because the incarnation is what, you know, basically what leads to, of course, the the passion, death, and resurrection that is our salvation. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's an interesting thing. The date of Christmas, you know, nine months from now, was actually set after the Church decided and declared the date of the Annunciation. Huh. Uh, we would think, of course, oh, well, they just worked backwards. They're like, Christmas is the 25th, and mm-hmm. what's nine months before that? But no, um, we actually, the long tradition in the in the Church is that uh, actually comes from Jewish tradition. And uh, um, Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger at the time, now later Pope Benedict XVI, in his book, The Spirit of the Liturgy, wrote um, that Jewish tradition gave the date of March 25th to the date of Abraham's sacrifice of Isaac. That day was also regarded as the day of creation, the day when God, God's Word decreed, let there be light, mm-hmm. and there was light. So um, this date already had great, significant, great significance for the people of God. This is the day of creation. This is the day in which, in which the, the, again, the sacrifice of Isaac. And... Um, so it was also considered very early on, believe it or not, as also the date of the, of Good Friday. The first Good Friday took place on March 25th, because there's this long tradition that people died on the same day that they were that they were born or that they were kind of conceived. Right. And so the church um, said, "Look, the 25th of March is already a significant day for us, and that's why this." So after after kind of realizing that. 
they worked forward and said, well, and Christmas is nine months later. So um, I thought that was kind of an interesting thing. But if you'll allow me to nerd out for a brief moment. Sure. On this day, March 25th, is also in Tolkien lore, the date of the destruction of the One Ring in the fires of Mount Doom, which is, of course, the beginning of salvation for Middle Earth in uh, in J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. This is the single most significant day in that sub-creation. Now, Tolkien was, of course, a Catholic. Right. And so he knew and had in his mind already this grand, you know, realization that salvation begins for us as Christians on the 25th of March, and even in his sub-creation, as he called it, of the Lord of the Rings and Middle Earth, that was the beginning of salvation for his uh, you know, created world as well. Wow. Look at you. <laughs> it's one of those things that I remember the first time I learned that I was like, gosh, that is the nerdiest and most <laughs> awesome thing I've ever heard. That's great. And uh, so, yeah. But uh, now, what I say is now is the perfect day. The 25th of March is the perfect day to begin working on your Christmas list to give your friends and family ah, nine months you. to make sure that they get you the right thing. I'm that. on it. You've got exactly nine months. <laughs> I'm counting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brenda, she she starts her countdown very early. So, uh, well, that's 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 good to know. Well, look, I love the history. I mean, that's just yeah. Yeah, always great to talk with you because you you always bring something to the table when it comes to, you know, we're looking to the history of our church and then how tying it into Tolkien and all of those things. So, fantastic. Just 36 more weeks to uh, Christmas. There, there, Just remember there that. There you go. He is Ken <laughs> Hellenius, the host of Living Stones, heard every Monday evening, 7.30, Mater Day Radio, anytime on the Hail Mary Media app, and our man at the University of Notre Dame in South Bend, Indiana. Well, hey, go enjoy yourself this evening, a nice cocktail. You too. Enjoy yourself, and uh, we'll talk soon. All right. God bless. And it is 722 here at Mater Day Radio. Boy, David, I wish that uh, Ken could have seen your face talking about the destruction of the yes. ring. You had absolutely no idea right what over he was the head. talking about. Right over the head. Oh, well, people are just probably in awe, David. Uh, uh, we'll catch up maybe with Sarah uh, Kenzie. Yes. She loves she Lord of the Rings lore, and so she would probably know that little bit of trivia. So. That's great. Well, Ken said he was going to do some enjoyable things this weekend. Well, so can you if you head over to our community calendar. It is full of things. In fact, if you go to the calendar in in just a few hours, there are things on there that you can honor this holy day of Fridays during Lent. You can pray along at the Grotto, Stations of the Cross, all the way through the evening. It is plump full of things that can you can do uh, all the way through, actually through Easter time. It's a very, very full community calendar. You can access that and look all all the details of things happening at materdayradio.com. You're also going to find the calendar on the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Facing difficult problems in your marriage. 
Oregon Retrovi is a lifeline to married couples helping them restore their marriage and rebuild a loving relationship. Catholic in origin, this Christian marriage program is open to all married couples, no matter what age, walk of life, faith, or ethnic background. Oregon Retrovi is a practical program to improve communication, build stronger marriages, and help couples reconnect. Presenters are not trained marriage counselors, but rather couples sharing their personal stories and the tools that they use to rediscover their love. Begin your journey to healing. All it takes is a decision to find out more. Go to helpourmarriage.org and start the process today. That's helpourmarriage.org to learn more about this transformational program. Oregon Retrovi, a lifeline for married couples. Hello, I'm Kevin Doran. And I'm Carla Wehrman, co-host of Sunday Commentary. Join us every weekend on Monterey Radio, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8, as we break down the scripture readings so you can better prepare to enter into the beauty and mystery of the Holy Mass. It's fun, fast, and faith-filled. Let us share our love of the good news with you, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8 on Modern Day Radio. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. The Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And it is 726 at Mater Day Radio. You doing any gardening this weekend? <laughs> the weather may no. not be too, too conducive for that, but we'll have some tips for you anyway in the news. Fantastic. And the U.S. bishops voice their concerns over a proposal that will rescind religious freedom protections on college campuses. I'll have those details for you coming up in news. Here is Sarah Kroger, and I will pour out my heart. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. My soul will sing with hope in the Lord. There is nothing that could take away my soul. He is my salvation.
That is Sarah Kroger, and I will pour out my heart. It's 7.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And in your news, in response to a proposal from the U.S. Department of Education to rescind religious freedom protections for faith-based organizations at public universities, deeming them unnecessary, the U.S. bishops have asked the department to preserve the protection, which it calls common sense. Well, after more than a year of review, the department announced last month that it proposed to rescind a portion of the religious liberty and free inquiry rule that in part ensures the freedom of faith-based student organizations at public universities to require its members to abide by the tenets of the faith. Now, USCCB sent out a message March 23rd explaining that recession of the equal campus access provision will send a message to religious student groups that they're not welcome on public campuses. Now, the Religious Liberty and Free Inquiry rule was issued by the U.S. Department of Education to help ensure that public institutions uphold First Amendment rights of the U.S. Constitution, including equal treatment and constitutional rights of religious student organizations at public institutions. Now, the USCCB argues students' faith groups can't maintain the religious identity if the current provisions the department has in place are rescinded. Now, with the February proposal, Nassar Paydar, Assistant Secretary for Post-Secondary Education, said that the department wants to defer to federal and state courts where complex First Amendment questions arise as they, as he says in quotes, best equipped to solve these matters. Well, it has not been easy for California residents this winter. Storm after storm have pounded the Golden State, including a rare tornado that touched down east of Los Angeles on Wednesday. Good news, though. Mother Nature has helped ease California's years of drought. At this time last year, all of California was caught in a drought. But according to the latest U.S. Drought Monitor released yesterday, just over a third of California remains in some level of drought, the lowest amount since the drought began, with severe drought only covering 8% of the state. Snowpack has also reached record highs, with many of the state's largest reservoirs being replenished, which were recently at critically low levels. Groundwater reserves, however, still having a hard time recovering, even with all the rain. So that's good to hear. That is very good news. Well, four school districts in Clark County are set to receive payouts over multiple years as part of a nationwide class action lawsuit against Juul Labs and affiliated companies for deceptively marketing vaping devices to minors. The lawsuit alleges that Juul Labs and one of its major investors, Altria, contributed to rise in teen and youth nicotine addiction through creating advertising campaigns that intentionally appealed to children. Now, the settlement is intended to hold the companies accountable for costs that school districts have incurred in order to address the increased issue among students and fund further education about nicotine abuse, support interventionists, and more. Evergreen Public Schools, Battleground Public Schools, and Camas School District and Woodland Public Schools are among 1,600 schools involved in the lawsuit. Well, with the calendar saying it's springtime, you may be anxious to do some planting in your vegetable garden, but you may want to put the plantings on hold, at least for the time being, as soil temperature is the key. 
One of the biggest mistakes people make is planting too early, according to Weston Miller. He's a former horticulturist with Oregon State University Extension Service in an Oregon Live article. So getting a soil thermometer is the best way to ensure your success, lest your seeds rot or plantings never recover. Miller says 50 degrees soil is a good benchmark for cool season crops. So I guess that would be like, what, carrots? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think. Soil should be 60 degrees or more for warmer weather plants like peppers and basil. For tomatoes, the soil temperature should ideally be 65 to 70 degrees. Yeah. We're not even close. We're not close yet. The OSU Extension Service has a planting publication called Growing Your Own that can be uh, very helpful, too. I was looking at that yesterday. Do you have a soil thermometer? Uh, no, but I would probably just stick my meat thermometer in the ground and see what it says. <laughs> That's good. I don't know if that'll work, but May not. you could try. Okay. Well, when Eugene passed its electrification ordinance in early February, it became the first city in Oregon to ban natural gas hookups in new residential construction. But the fate of that policy is now very much in question after a signature gathering campaign uh, sponsored by the state's largest natural gas utility is set to force a citywide vote on the issue. Now, in Eugene, an ordinance approved by the city council can be put to a citywide vote if opponents can gather enough signatures. In this case, 6,460 signatures were needed to get the measure on the ballot. Well, soon after the policy was approved, a group called Eugene Residents for Energy Choice began collecting signatures. And on March 9th, they submitted more than 12,000 signatures. It isn't yet clear when the policy will go on the ballot. The city next has elections in May and November. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see how see that turns out. See what people want. Well, in sports, what a game in Las Vegas last night as two of college basketball heavyweights went toe-to-toe for 40 minutes. And in the end, it was the Gonzaga Bulldogs left standing, holding on to beat the UCLA Bruins 79-76 to to advance to the Elite Eight in the NCAA Tournament. It was March Madness at its best. Gonzaga will face UConn tomorrow at around 5.45 p.m. So right down the stretch, I mean, the two teams exchanged three-pointers oh. three to, you know, change the lead. And it just, and again, UCLA missed one at the buzzer, and uh, Gonzaga ends up winning it. So uh, quite a game. University of Oregon women's basketball team is advancing in the WNIT. The Ducks defeated San Diego 81-61 to last night in Eugene. Oregon will face the winner of the Washington-Kansas State game on either Sunday or Monday in a great eight contest. And the Portland Trailblazers open a five-game homestand tonight, hosting the Chicago Bulls. Tip-off set for 7 o'clock. Blazers will try to make it two wins in a row after snapping a six-game losing streak at Utah Wednesday evening. Well, on the sidelines of the general audience in St. Peter's Square this week, Pope Francis blessed a bell for the defense of life, which will be sent to Zambia. The pontiff also used this moment to encourage the protection of human life from conception to natural death. And David, when I say a bell, I'm not talking a handheld bell. I'm talking about a 
Church Tower. Big bell. bell. Yeah. It's a big bell. Yeah. Now, this initiative was organized by the Polish Foundation Yes to Life. In fact, in greeting the Polish faithful, the Pope also mentioned the day of the Sanctity of Life, which is celebrated in the country on March 25th, which, of course, we know is the Feast of the Annunciation. Now, in this context, the Pope blessed and rang the bell, which symbolizes the voice of the unborn. And the Pope expressed his hope that the sound of this large bell measuring over a meter in diameter, weighing over one ton, Mm. will carry the message that every life is sacred and every life is invaluable. Now, he underlined the need to protect human life from conception to natural death. And Archbishop Alec Banda of Lusaka, which is the capital of Zambia, which was also present at the audience. Now the bell will travel to various locations across his country. Uh, I think we need to get one of these in the United States. Yeah, sounds nice. I'd love that. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. All right, it begins today. In fact, at 1030, you can spend Friday at the Grotto for your Lenten season. A holy hour in Via Matras is happening. All are invited for this time of prayer in the main chapel before the noon mass on Lenten Fridays. Confessions begin at 10 o'clock and then Stations of the Cross will be prayed at 3 o'clock this afternoon. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Just head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Wow, it's just glancing outside. Yep, what is that? Right, look at that. Looks like snow. The snow is falling. Hey, Dina Marie, Father Kabicki going to join us next, talking about the Annunciation right after the forecast. Support for Matcha Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Jade Bistro and Patisserie, located on Southeast 13th in Portland's Selwood neighborhood. The Jade Bistro is family-run, serving Vietnamese and Thai cuisine with influences from France and Laos. French pastries are available daily, open Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Information can be found online at jadeportland.com. Please join me, Father Gabriel Mosier, as we pray the divine praises. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Blessed be God. Blessed be His holy name. Blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be His most sacred heart. Blessed be His most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit, the Paraclete. Blessed be the Great Mother of God, Mary Most Holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. 
What do you get when you cross a Catholic radio show host and a permanent deacon? A match made in heaven. I'm Deacon Scott Aiken from the Archdiocese of Seattle. And I'm Brenda Aiken from The Morning Blend. Work and family life can be hectic. We understand, and together we'll find God's grace. We may not always agree, but we are always faithful. Listen on Friday evenings at 7.30 and Sunday evenings at 6 as we share stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. Right here on Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And it is 7.42 at Mater Day Radio. Well, looking out the window right now, snow is falling. Not not necessarily sticky. No, but, not uh, at all. Depending on what elevation you are out this morning, you may see some snowflakes. There's about a 100% chance of rain or snow showers today. High of 47 degrees. 60% of chance of showers overnight tonight. Low of 34. And then kind of the same for Saturday. Again, a chance of rain, snow showers in the morning, depending on elevation. A high of 47. And again, if you're traveling through the mountain passes today, coast range, cascades, Could be a lot of snow, so definitely check the road cams before you head out. Currently, it is snowing and 34 degrees at St. John's Catholic Church up in Welsh's. And 36 degrees at St. Jude Church in Eugene. Good morning. This is Dina Marie, host of the Voice of the Shepherd and Faith Moments with a Saint Moment on Mater Dei Radio. With me today is Father James Kubicki. Father James has been joining us throughout the month of March to reflect on some of the saints that we recognize in in March. But this time we're going to focus a little bit more on an event, an event, a special event in the life of Christ and the life of the Blessed Mother. Welcome back, Father James. Thanks for spending some time with us today. You're welcome, Dina Marie, especially happy to be talking about the Annunciation. You could say a turning point in human history when Mary said yes to God's will and Jesus, the Son of God, began to take flesh within her womb. And so it's it's just a wonderful reminder, even in the season of Lent, that uh, Christmas is nine months away. Uh, we put away the uh, violet vestments. We put on white and we pray the Gloria because uh, we want to remember this great moment in human history in a special way. It's such a beautiful feast, the feast or the solemnity, actually, of the Annunciation. I think there's so many religious images out there of the angel Gabriel, of our Blessed Mother. I mean, we just see that image in so much artwork, a reminder. It begins our rosary, our our joyful mysteries of the rosary. And I always think that Annunciation is part of Saturday. You know, it should be a fixture on every Saturday for us to reflect on the Annunciation. But maybe give us a little bit more about this this moment in history, the significance, right? Because this marks the incarnation. Uh, When we talk about the Annunciation, we wouldn't have our faith if we didn't have the Annunciation of the Lord. That's absolutely right. And, uh, you know, the other way that we remember the Annunciation is with the Angelus, a beautiful prayer in which we pray perhaps three times a day, but especially at noon, we pause and can pray the Angelus, reminding ourselves of that great moment in history. Some years ago, I was on a pilgrimage to the Holy Land, and we were at the Church of the Annunciation in Nazareth. Tradition has it, that is the very spot where Mary was when the angel appeared to her. And I I couldn't help thinking as, as we celebrated Mass in that great Basilica of the Annunciation, I was at the altar celebrating Mass, and not too far from where the altar was, there is uh, a shrine where the words in Latin, uh, but in English it's translated, here the Word became flesh. 
And uh, it was just a, a great realization to me that there, Mary said yes to God and God's will. Jesus took flesh and began to develop in her womb so that he could live our life, die on the cross, rise from the dead, blaze a trail for us into heaven, but also that he could remain with us in the flesh through the Holy Eucharist. So I couldn't help thinking there the word became flesh and here in a few moments, the bread would become the body of Christ. Here, his flesh would be given to us on the altar so that we could be one with him always. Um, it's a wonderful thought. And Pope uh, St. John Paul II reflected on this in his encyclical on the Eucharist in which he called Mary the woman of the Eucharist because she gave flesh to Jesus and now he can take flesh as a result in every celebration of Holy Mass. Mm. We're talking about the Feast of the Annunciation of the Lord, March 25th. And if you look at the calendar, March 25th is nine months from December 25th. So, of course, it's that time period of life. And as you talk about that, Father James, being there celebrating Holy Eucharist when the bread and the wine will be transformed into the body and blood, the true presence of Jesus, I think about how important our bodies are that Jesus did take a human form and was totally divine. When he goes to the temptation in the desert, 40 days, he has his body. He has the same body that we have, but he also has this divinity that there's something so, so special that God created us for a relationship. And I think as we go through this time of Lent to respect our bodies, to respect the divinity that God is giving us, the spirit in which he wants us to relate to him. Oh, that's so well said. You know, I'm one of my favorite authors, uh, Professor Peter Kreeft. Uh, said, God loves matter. He created it. He created the material world, including our bodies. And so our destiny is not to be pure spirits. Uh, I always cringe when somebody says, oh, now we have an angel in heaven when someone dies. No, we don't become angels. Uh, our belief is that just as Jesus rose from the dead in a glorified state, but was truly a body, so our resurrection in the future will be similar, that we won't be pure spirits, but we will be body and soul reunited in a glorified state, a glorified body. And so you're right. That's why we honor the body and treat it with dignity. And where there, the church was always concerned about how uh, the body of someone who had died would be uh, treated and and cared for, that we treat it with reverence. We don't think of the body as garbage. And so I, I think it's so important for us to honor and our own bodies, to treat them with respect and dignity. But also, this is a challenge I know for many people, to never see another human body, another person separate from the body. In other words, that the, the body is not this disembodied uh, object to be used or looked upon with lust, but that we are persons made in the image and likeness of God, and our bodies somehow reveal that um, goodness and beauty of God, uh, not to be misused or used for simply pleasure as objects, but to be honored and respected. 
It's so true. And I think as we think about this annunciation of the Lord Father in the season of Lent, you know, it's interesting, again, just like the Feast of St. Joseph, the white, the solemnity, the Gloria come out. But there's a reminder of a penitential spirit. So if we're coming into this Lenten season carrying baggage, carrying, we all have wounds. We all have mm-hmm. sins that we, and, and we're going to continue to fall and fall. But this is a time to be reminded that the Lord wants us to be washed clean. He wants us to come to confession. He wants us to be like Mary, you know, the one who would say yes to God. And maybe just that spirit we can take into the confession. Maybe I haven't gone for a while and I'm a little nervous about going back into the confessional. The church makes it really easy to come back into that state of grace. That's the, that's right. Uh, Jesus gave us this sacrament. And in the early church, the letter of James, he wrote to people saying, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may receive healing. And so the sacrament is really a healing sacrament that hopefully, you know, takes away uh, the obstacles to God's love and mercy and opens us up to his grace, the way Mary's heart, she was the sinless Virgin Mary. And so there was no obstacle to God's will in her life. And that's our goal. I always think it's important for us as we approach the sacrament of reconciliation to see it from Jesus' perspective, how happy he is to have that opportunity to help us unload the baggage, to get rid of the sin, to start fresh with the help of his grace. If we look at it that way, instead of simply focusing on our sins, but to look at the great grace that is being given to us, And to look at Mary, whom we want to imitate and be like, so often when we focus on the negative, I I think of it in terms of uh, like gardening. You know, it's one thing to uproot the weeds, but it's important to see the good that is in the garden and and the, the plants that are growing and to encourage them to grow and fill in those empty spots. And that's where I think for us, we pull up the weeds of sin in the sacrament of reconciliation, but it's important for us to also focus on uh, what we want and focus on the good that is there and ask that the good that is in our souls, in our lives, that may increase and crowd out any possibility of the seeds of sin coming back. Yeah, so beautiful, so beautiful. A great invitation to come back. Uh, Go to Mass if you can, boy, on this solemnity. What a beautiful day again on the 25th of March. I hope people have that opportunity to come to let our Blessed Mother uh, take you on this Lenten journey. And I think about one campaign that's been going on in such a beautiful ministry to really recognize the dignity of the unborn is that 40 Days for Life campaign. It's been going worldwide and really a peaceful, prayerful way of just inviting people to embrace the culture of life. That's right. And it's, uh, you know, so important for us as we we think about Jesus being conceived as an embryo, a fetus in the womb of Mary, that we remember women who are pregnant, women who are in a a situation uh, where they may be considering abortion. You know, uh, since 1993, Pope St. John Paul has declared the Uh, March 25th, the Feast of the Annunciation, as the International Day of the Unborn Child. Excuse me, that in the 1980s. And in 1993, the country of El Salvador was the first country to uh, declare that officially. 
And so throughout Latin America, other countries have declared that as well. It would be good for us to consider March 25th as a day, especially to ask our Blessed Mother to intercede for all mothers, but especially those who are struggling uh, in their pregnancies. Beautiful. Let's ask our Blessed Mother to continue to pray for us. And with that, Father James, would you please help us close in prayer? I'm happy to do that. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of Mother Mary, who is now our mother. We ask that through her intercession, you may bless all of us, especially women who are in a pregnancy that is difficult. We pray for our culture of death, that it may be converted into a culture of life, a civilization of love. And we ask your blessing upon all of us in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father James. Have a blessed day. You too, and a blessed Lent. And it is 7.55 at Mater Day Radio. David Abrenda with you on the Morning Blend this Friday morning, coming up April 17th through the 21st. It is Mater Day Radio's 2023 Spring Sherathon. Going to be a wonderful week with an opportunity for you to support Mater Day Radio and our wonderful Catholic programs. Going to be a fun week. We've been lining up guests. It's going to be really a who's who of the area. I so, love it. Uh, who's who of Portland Catholics. That's right. So hope you will tune in. You can find out more on our website at materdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Bringing souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is Modern Day Radio, KBBM, Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME, Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, Translator, K235BF, Eugene, and streaming at moderndayradio.com. Is God calling you to do something different with your life? Join Modern Day Radio's team as our new grant writer. Shape the future of Catholic media through this dynamic part-time position, offering you competitive pay and an exciting opportunity for remote work with flexible hours to suit your schedule. Get more details on the grant writer position and how to apply at materdayradio.com. That's materdayradio.com to join us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life at Materday Radio. Some are morning people. Others are not. Either way, we help start your day off right. The Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. And it is 7.57 at Mater Day Radio. Well, what was that prowling the shores of the Columbia? What was it, uh, David? I will tell you in the news. Oh, gosh. And a teenage hero says he didn't choose to crawl in a wrecked vehicle to save a baby. It just happened. I'll explain that story for you right after Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Colleen with Awaken Catholic and this is Awaken the Saint, 
Today, we celebrate the feast day of a man we call a modern-day martyr. St. Oscar Romero lived and worked in the 1900s, recent enough that you could have known him personally. Oscar Romero was born in El Salvador in 1917 and baptized into the Catholic Church as an infant. During his early education, his father taught him carpentry and hoped Romero would make that his profession. However, the boy was more interested in becoming a priest. Pursuing his interest, Romero entered minor seminary at just 13 years old and worked steadily in preparing himself for the priesthood. He graduated with a license in theology from the Gregorian University in Rome and was ordained the following year in 1942. He hoped to further his education in Italy, but was called back to El Salvador by his bishop. El Salvador had been in a precarious state for a long time. In 1932, thousands of Salvadorans had been executed on government orders in response to protests demanding reform, a horrible event which was unfortunately the tip of the iceberg. Civil unrest only continued to grow, exacerbated by economic failure and military crackdown that prompted tens of thousands of Salvadorans to flee the country. In the midst of this unrest, which in some ways was life as normal to the people of El Salvador, Romero began his humble work as a priest, which continued for many years, primarily in San Miguel. From 1970 to 1977, he went from auxiliary bishop to bishop to archbishop, overseeing the region of Santiago de Maria. Not a month after he was made archbishop, one of Romero's close friends and a fellow member of the clergy, Rutilio Grande, was killed. His crime, if you could call it that, was helping to organize a group that assisted impoverished citizens. This death opened Romero's eyes and something changed in him. Suddenly, he recognized the horrific injustice that had been happening all around him as something that he could not ignore. Romero began to speak out against all those taking part in or supporting the violence in El Salvador. In a time when the press was completely censored, he told the people what was happening in no uncertain terms. His radio sermons gained traction and were soon considered the most trustworthy news source in the country. Of course, by these actions, Romero was painting a huge target on his back, and he was well aware of it. In a magazine interview, he was quoted saying, You can tell them that if they succeed in killing me, I pardon and bless those who do it. A bishop may die, but the church of God, which is in the people, will never die. In 1980, while celebrating Memorial Mass, Romero was killed by a single gunshot from a pair of gunmen at the chapel entrance. He was beatified in 2015 and canonized in 2018 after a miracle of healing that occurred following prayers for his intercession. It's a scary thing to speak out against wrongdoing, especially against the powerful and influential. Oscar Romero spent over 50 years quietly accepting the acts of terror and violence that pervaded El Salvador. He never agreed with them, but it wasn't until the last few years of his life that he publicly denounced them and paid the price. We too are called to find the courage in ourselves to speak the hard truth. St. Oscar Romero, pray for us. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saint or for Lenten resources, please download our free Hail Mary media app. Details at materdayradio.com. It's eight o'clock. And in your news this hour, Archbishop Jose Gomez of Los Angeles will lead a six-mile Eucharistic procession on Saturday through the city as part of the National Eucharistic Revival, this three-year initiative of the U.S. bishops to renew Catholic devotion to Christ in the Holy Eucharist. Now, the March 25th procession will go from an historic Los Angeles Mission Church three miles down the main road to another parish and then back. Now, the Los Angeles procession is part of the National Revival Year of Diocesan Renewal, which kicked off last June with more than 100 Eucharistic processions in dioceses across the country. 
Now, during this stage of the revival, each U.S. diocese is invited to offer events to promote and inspire understanding of the Eucharist. The revival was launched in part in response to a 2019 Pew Research study that suggested that only about one-third of U.S. Catholics believe in the Church's teaching that the Eucharist is truly the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Now, here in Portland, traditionally the Feast of Corpus Christi, we see Archbishop Sample leading a uh, Eucharistic procession. This year, Corpus Christi lands on June 8th. All right. Well, you don't see this very often, but wildlife officials confirmed that two people spotted a wolverine. What? Uh, Yeah, wolverine on the Columbia River near Portland for the first time outside of the Wallawa Mountains in over 30 years. So wolverines are the largest member of the weasel family, weighing about 17 to 40 pounds, with brown fur and small round ears, like a bear. Uh, The elusive animals were thought to be eradicated from Oregon in 1936, but scattered sightings that started in the 1960s proved their perseverance. Now, the last sighting outside of the Wallawa Mountains was in 1990 near Cascade Locks when one was hit by a car Wolverines are considered a threatened species in Oregon. They typically live in Canada, Alaska, and a few other western states. Approximately 300 to 1,000 wolverines still roam the U.S. How about that? Wolverine. A wolverine. That's impressive. You don't want to mess with a wolverine. They're mean little suckers, aren't they? They can be. (laughs) They'll bite you. Well, four school... Excuse me. Well, thanks to the quick work of two teenagers from Southridge High School here in Beaverton, a mother and a baby were rescued from a turnover car accident. A 16-year-old Asian Minion and 17-year-old Stone Fowler are high school juniors and friends who happened to find themselves at the crash site after taking a wrong turn on their way to a school snowboard club meeting. Now, before any responders arrived, they stopped to help. And the mother was able to crawl out of the vehicle, but told the young men that her baby was still in there. So the 16-year-old got down on the ground and fought a tight fit into the vehicle because of the smashed car roof. Asian Minion is an older brother to a six-year-old, so he has a little bit of car seat experience from a few years back. But this rescue was like something else. In fact, he explains that, I don't even know how to explain it. It was kind of like an adrenaline rush, and I didn't feel like I chose to do it. It just happened, and I happened to fit in that space. And the baby was saved. Asian got a few cuts and scrapes, but the pair of teens, though humble, are feeling pretty good about helping. Now, after the baby was out of the car and with its mother, the first responders arrived and took over. They reported that the baby and everyone else involved in the collision were not hurt. Wow. And in fact, the kid said that this was like a little baby, just a few months old. So congratulations to them. I mean, just an act of heroism to just like, I just did what had to be done. That's great. Well, who knows what the weather is going to be like on the night of March 28th. That's this coming Tuesday. But if the skies are clear, you could be treated to a rare celestial event. The planets of Jupiter, Venus... Mars, Mercury, and Uranus will all be located near one another in the same place within a small, like a 50-degree sky sector, which will be seen as a very rare alignment. Now, the cosmic event will take place in the evening, just after sunset, where the five planets will be visible. 
Now, the planets won't be visible in a straight line, but instead they'll be kind of in like an arc formation along the moon, according to the reports. Now, even though March 28th is the best day to observe the rare occurrence, they will be visible together in the days leading up to and after the event, basically from March 25th through March 30th. A uh, good set of binoculars will, will definitely will help. Be help. That's, that's pretty cool. That's five week. planets. That's next week. Yeah. Wow. Give you some time to prepare oh, for that. I'm going to get, I'm sure Scott's already getting the uh, telescope out to look at it. Now, again, what the skies will be like, eh, you know, who knows. But, you know, maybe. Could be. Well, when Eugene passed its electrification ordinance in early February, it became the first city in Oregon to ban natural gas hookups in new residential construction. But the fate of that policy is now in question after a signature gathering campaign sponsored by the state's largest natural gas utility, and it's set to force a citywide vote on the issue. In Eugene, an ordinance approved by the city council can be put to a citywide vote if opponents can gather enough signature. So in this case, 6,460 signatures were needed to get the measure on the ballot. Well, soon after the policy was approved, a group called Eugene Residents for Energy Choice began collecting signatures. On March 9th, they submitted more than 12,000 signatures. So it isn't clear yet when the policy will go onto the ballot. The city's next elections are in May, then again in November. All right, in sports, as we watch the snowfall right now, it's a weekend of college baseball <laughs> beginning tonight. <laughs> I was just thinking about where are they playing baseball in the <laughs> snow? That? Well, both in Corvallis and Eugene. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that works out this evening. So the University of Portland, though, they're heading down to California. They'll face Pacific for a three-game series, although given what the weather's been like in California, who, who knows? Pilots are 3-0 and in West Coast Conference play after sweeping Pepperdine last weekend. First pitch, 6 o'clock, down in Pacific. Oregon State hosts California for three, so the two teams get started tonight at Goss Stadium at 5.30. I know uh, in the past couple of weeks they've started those Friday night games a little earlier because of the cold weather. Probably, probably keep an eye on that if you're going to head down there to see if they change the time on that one. Uh, Oregon has four games against Northwestern State at PK Park in Eugene. They are starting that game at 4 this afternoon, so that's getting started a little sooner, but we'll see if they change that time, too. And we'll see if they get the games played at all. Hard to say. Well, September 29th, we celebrate the feast days of the Archangels. But on the old calendar today is the feast of the Archangel Gabriel, which makes sense because he had a little chat with Mary on March 25th on the Feast of the Annunciation. Now, each of the archangels named in the Bible has a Hebrew word, El, and that means God. So Gabriel, Raphael, Michael. Michael, Yep, El is God. Now, this is the same for Gabriel. When it's Hebrew is translated, it means... God is my strength mm-hmm. or the strength of God. And in Latin, it's translated as fortitudo dei, fortitudo dei. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, the Catholic Encyclopedia explains the spiritual meaning of this name. And it says, Gabriel is, in accordance with his name, the angel of the power of God. And it is worth noting the frequency with which words such as great, might, power, and strength occur in the biblical passages connected to Gabriel. 
Now, the Jews indeed seem to have a dwelt particularly upon this feature in Gabriel's character, as he is regarded by them as the angel of judgment, while Michael is called the angel of of a mercy. Hmm. Isn't that interesting. Yeah. Now, following this tradition, an ancient Latin prayer entitled O Fortitudo Dei is often prayed, seeking the intercession of the Archangel Gabriel. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And you can honor the Archangel Gabriel, and also attend a vigil mass for the Annunciation this evening at 7 o'clock. It is happening at Holy Rosary Church in Portland. All are invited to attend a Dominican Rite Solemn High Mass in honor of the Feast of the Annunciation. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Go to the community calendar, materdayradio.com in the Hail Mary media app. All right, what do we have coming up in our interview? Hey, let's take a little pilgrimage down to beautiful Mount Angel, Oregon. All right, looking forward to that after the forecast. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Please join Mater Dei Radio and Franciscan missionary Sister Anne-Marie Warren with the morning offering. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with this holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular, for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit MaterDayRadio.com. Prayer is one of the three pillars of Lent, and Matrade Radio is ready to offer up your special intentions during this holy season. Our committed team of prayer warriors wants to hear from you by clicking Pray on the Hail Mary Media app or matradayradio.com. Call them directly with your request at 503-285-3737. That's 503-285-3737. You can keep praying with Mater Dei Radio during Lent through our daily broadcast of the celebration of Holy Mass, the mysteries of the Rosary, and the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. Plus, their stirring Lenten reflections, special features on the morning blend, and the Stations of the Cross of our Lord's Passion at 7 o'clock on Friday nights. Pray your way through Lent into Easter with the Hail Mary Media app and Mater Dei Radio leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it is 8.13 in Mater Dei Radio. Well, snowing pretty good right up here on <laughs> Sylvan Hill right now. Doesn't look like it's sticking, but it is coming down. And again, we got a 100% chance of 
rain or snow showers for today, depending on your elevation. We'll see a high of 47 degrees. Then again, chance of rain, snow likely tonight, low of 34. And for tomorrow, Saturday, high of 47. But the morning could see, like today, a few snow showers out there. All right. Well, currently it is 37 degrees at St. Rose Catholic Church up in Longview, Washington. And 35 degrees at Regis St. Mary Schools in Staten. Well, during these weeks of Lent, we are journeying again with our Lord through His passion, death, and resurrection. It's a time that we seek forgiveness for our sins, to offer up in sacrifice, and to pray. Now, some may even set out on pilgrimage. And you know, you don't need to travel far to find the beauty in our faith. Just down the hill from Mount Angel Abbey is the beautiful St. Mary's Church, styled like those beautiful churches of Bavaria. And joining me this morning to tell us how they are preparing for Easter and inviting you to join with them, it is our good friend Mark Dole, parish coordinator of St. Mary's Church in Mount Angel. Good morning, Mark. Thank you so much for joining us today. Good morning, Brenda, and good morning, David. It's nice to be with you again this morning. Well, just looking at your online webpage, also through your bulletin, it seems like, wow, the parish community there at Mount Angel, at St. Mary's, you have really set out to make this Lent like none others. Kind of tell our listeners a little bit about some of the programs you've set up for your families that help them journey through these weeks of Lent. Yeah, it's um, like most parishes around the area. I um, we we want to help our people to kind of pilgrimage, if if, um, if that's a sorry, a good good word to use mm-hmm. at this time of the year. We're we're always we in our church. We're always having this journey of faith, right, Brenda? And and um, especially during Lent, we're making this journey towards the. Um, the, the the cross and through the cross to the resurrection. So um, there's always a sense of movement. I, when I'm when I'm working with the RCIA or um, people coming into the church in, in some way or another, um, I I do like to point out that whenever we are in mass, especially, we there's, there's always a sense of movement. Um, we're we're not supposed to be idle and um, very. Uh, Kind of static, but there's, there's always a sense of movement, um, and in fact, the the word mass um, is coming from the the Latin word etmissia, um, which means um, to 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 go out or to 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 move towards, and um, so that really the the mass should um, and everything that we do should to enrich us in faith and then send us out into the world to bring this light of faith into the world. And and that's what we're doing during Lent. We're, we're making this journey of faith, and we're journeying towards the cross. We're journeying towards uh, this this great mystery of, of Jesus' death and his um, and, and ultimately his resurrection. And and so we also get that, that play constantly uh, between light and darkness through through this whole journey, um, you asked what we're doing in the parish for for, for our pilgrim journey. Um, we we have enacted uh, different programs um, that we have encouraged uh, people to to participate in and take part of. Um, naturally, we have the 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 archdiocesan uh, program for Lent. We we've put that out, and we have. Uh, Several small groups operating in the parish, um, exploring um, the 
the, the, the topics of, of that um, that program. Um, we have our um, I've, the, the the one on the Eucharist, especially this year, uh, where the um, or these three years really where uh, the USCCB are, are really putting forward a, a renewal of love for the the Eucharist and, and the centrality of the Eucharist in our in our lives. We've, we've got a program on the Eucharist, so we're encouraging small groups and and participation and coming deeper in our understanding of of the the Holy Eucharist. Um, and then uh, we're also, every Friday in our parish, um, like I presume in many parishes, we have our Stations of the Cross. And um, and it's really fun in, in the, that we, we've encouraged different groups um, within the parish to, to lead those stations. So the, the first week, I remember, was the elementary school kids, and um, and it's always a delight to and to have them and their excitement and their enthusiasm. Uh, we've had our high school kids. Um, we've um, had our lectors. Um, do, we're doing it last week. Um, the uh, next week is um, the RCIA. So those going through our RCIA program are going to lead our stations. Um, and each of those stations, they conclude with a, with a gathering, a, a soup supper gathering, um, and um, I think the final one, so we've got two more, so this Friday and next Friday, the final one, Father Ralph is actually going to lead the stations himself. Um, he's done a, when he was in the Holy Land, he did a, um, a meditation on on the stations uh, with his pilgrimage group, and he's going to bring that back to the parish um, and lead the parish in that same Pilgrim reflection on the Stations of the Cross on the on the last Friday of Lent. So uh, that's going to be really something to look forward to. Um, yeah. So it's all about journey in this time. A journey, like I say, journey towards the cross. Oh, absolutely. Incredible. Such an active and full community there at St. Mary's Church in Mount Angel, Oregon. Mark Dole is their parish coordinator and is joining us today. Mark, we know that Palm Sunday coming up on April 2nd, many parishes kind of create an entrance into the main church as they take their palms yeah. in a way that Christ was welcomed into Jerusalem. Is that something that you try to do there at Mount Angel for that special day? Yeah, we do. Um, we we always begin um, the Palm Sunday service um, in the parish center, which is just neighboring the church. Um so every all our masses, our vigil, seven um, thirty in the morning, ten o'clock, and the uh, the Spanish mass at twelve thirty, they all begin in the parish centre, uh, where the palms are, are blessed and the the um, entrance gospel is read and proclaimed, um, and then we we do a procession. Weather permitting, we will go outside around the parish centre and then enter the church through the main doors. Um, if the weather is not so forgiving, um, then we will do a short run from the parish centre down the breezeway and straight into the church. But ideally, where weather permits, um, and I'm hoping this year will allow it, uh, we will make a procession around the church with the palms, singing Hosanna uh, chorus uh, as we process together and triumph do this triumphant entrance into the church remembering Christ's triumphant entrance into Jerusalem. So, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to that. And it, it's always beautiful. We've, we've, um, the church has um, been 
kind of stripped back during um, Lent, and as we've journeyed into Lent, we we remove more and more of the decorations. I think this week we will actually do that traditional veiling of all the statues, mm-hmm. and and um, so it kind of tones down. And many people ask us, well, what's the point of of, of this veiling? Um, it, it's it's coming from an old tradition of, of kind of like hiding, um, hiding the beauty of the church, and um, so that when it's revealed again on on Easter morning, um, it, it just adds to the, the 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 triumph or the the beauty or the glory of that that Easter day, um, and so it just helps us. Uh, our, our church is full of these visual and sensual um, experiences that help us to enter deeper into the mystery, and by removing and hiding the beauty of the church um it helps us journey into the the quiet and the darkness of 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 what is happening in um especially good friday uh so that when it's revealed it, there's just that sense of joy and triumph and and all that and, and we will we will do that in the parish also through the reflection on the music um we will toned down the the music has been toned down like throughout this Lenten season we haven't done the choral reflections after communion um, naturally with the the Gloria has been uh, admitted we haven't sung the Alleluia during this time um, this choice of music has been a little bit more somber and and and, and, and it's much more reflecting this season that we're in and um, and and so forth so um, it just all helps us enter into the the depth of the mystery and and also the you get this contrast i i love this contrast that we create in the liturgies that then help us to to enter into the cross and then for, through the cross into the the joy of the resurrection so mm-hmm. yeah the, we mm-hmm. we are we're making a big effort to do that through um everything we're doing in liturgy in music in the church decoration and so forth over here at saint mary's how beautiful. All of the senses are brought forward, especially during this week. And of course, we know that Palm Sunday, it is happening on April 2nd. Well, that ushers right. in this wonderful procession through Holy Week. Mark, I really want to know what is in store down there at Mount Angel for Holy Week. I would love to talk to you more about it. I am coming up against my break. Can you stay with me through the break so we can continue our discussion in the next half hour? Oh, absolutely. No problem. I'd love to. And it is 824 at Mater Day Radio. Hey, one of the ways you can support Mater Day Radio is through our vehicle donation program. If you have an old car, truck, boat, motorcycle, RV, you can donate that vehicle to Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program. Just go to our website, click on the Get Involved menu, vehicle donation page. All the information is right there for you. Really a quick and easy process and a likely tax deduction for you as well. It is Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program on our website at materdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. 
Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Jeff Kane at North Point Bank in Vancouver. North Point Bank brings value to customers through client-focused home loan programs, including new construction, renovation options, financing for rental properties, and more. Learn more at northpoint.com. That's northpoint, P-O-I-N-T-E dot com. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. What's your next mission from God? You do have one. We all do. God has something in mind for us right where we are. This is Julie Anderko. Please join me on Your Next Mission from God, where the saints show us just how it's done. They've been through it, and sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right. Listen to Your Next Mission from God, Saturday mornings at 7.15 and Sunday mornings at 8.15, right here on the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Matra Day Radio. It's good to the very last drop. The Morning Blend on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. It is 826 at Mater Day Radio. The drought conditions in California have eased greatly. We'll have the details in the news. U.S. bishops voice their concern over proposal that will rescind religious freedom protections college campuses. I'll have that story for you plus more coming up in news. Here is Teresa Peterson and Calling Me Higher. We are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.
That is Teresa Peterson and Calling Me Higher. It's 8.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And in your news, in a response to a proposal from the U.S. Department of Education to resend religious freedom protections for faith-based organizations at public universities, the U.S. bishops have asked the department to preserve the protection, which it calls common sense. After more than a year of review, the department announced last month that it proposed to rescind a portion of the Religious Liberty and Free Inquiry Rule that in part ensures the freedom of faith-based student organizations at public universities to require members to abide by the tenets of the faith. Now, USCCB sent out a message March 23rd explaining that recession of the equal campus access provisions will send a message to religious student groups that they are not welcome on public campuses. Now, the Religious Liberty and Free Inquiry Rule was issued by the U.S. Department of Education to help ensure that public institutions uphold First Amendment rights of the U.S. Constitution. That includes equal treatment and constitutional rights of religious student organizations, public universities. The USB is arguing that student faith groups can't maintain the religious identity with the current provisions the department has in place are rescinded. Well, it has not been easy for California residents this winter. Storm after storm have pounded the Golden State, including a rare tornado that touched down east of Los Angeles on Wednesday. The good news, though, Mother Nature has helped ease California's years of drought. So at this time last year, all of California was caught in a drought. But according to the latest U.S. Drought Monitor released yesterday, just over a third of California remains in some level of drought, the lowest amount since the drought began, with severe drought only covering 8% of the state. Snowpack has also reached record highs, with many of the state's largest reservoirs being replenished, which were recently at critically low levels. Groundwater reserves, however, are still having a hard time recovering, even with all the rain. Interesting. I wonder, though, now as the snow begins to melt, if that will start to shift some of that groundwater uh, situation. Right. I can remember years ago, of course, growing up in Southern California in the Escondido area, mm-hmm. that it rained so much that our, I remember our backyard was like muddy, like literally water oh, wow. was coming up from underneath the ground, right. which is, uh, that was a long, long time ago. Sure. So I'm glad that they're seeing a little recovery now. Mm-hmm. Well, four school districts in Clark County are set to receive payouts over multiple years as part of a nationwide class action lawsuit against Jewel Labs and affiliated companies for deceptively marketing vaping devices to minors. The lawsuit alleges that Jewel Labs and one of its major investors, Altria, contributed to rises in teen and youth nicotine addiction through creating advertising campaigns that intentionally appealed to children. The settlement is intended to hold the companies accountable for costs that school districts have incurred in order to address the increased issue among students and fund further educations about nicotine abuse and support interventionists and more. Well, with calendar saying it's springtime, as we watch it's snowing outside. We're David. watching the snowfall. You may be anxious to do some planting in your vegetable garden. Uh, you may want to put that on hold for just a, a while, anyway. The key here: soil temperature. 
One of the biggest mistakes people make is planting too early, according to Weston Miller. He's formerly with the Oregon State University Extension Service in an Oregon Live article this week. Now, getting a soil thermometer, I, I should get one of those. A soil thermometer is the best way to ensure your success, lest your seeds rot or plantings never recover. So they say you can plant and maybe they won't die, some of your seedlings, mm-hmm. but they may never be that vibrant okay. uh, if they if they're too early. Miller says 50 degrees soil is a good benchmark for cool season crops. Soil soil should be 60 degrees for more warmer weather plants like peppers and basil and for tomatoes we're a long way off for tomatoes. No tomatoes yet. Soil temperature should be 65 to 70 degrees. So okay. uh, have a ways to wait there. The OSU Extension Service does have an excellent publication. It's called Growing Your Own. So if you go to the OSU Extension Service website, you can get one of the copies. And boy, it's excellent. It's got a ton of information about plantings, all the information you want to know. Well, thanks to the quick work of two teenagers from Southridge High School in Beaverton, a mother and baby were rescued after a turnover accident. 16-year-old Asian Minion and 17-year-old Stone Fowler are high school juniors and friends who happened to find themselves at the crash site after taking a wrong turn on their way for a club meeting. Now, before any first responders arrived, well, they stopped to help. The mother was able to crawl out of the vehicle, but told the young men that her baby was still in there. So the 16-year-old got down on the ground and found it a tight fit to get into the vehicle because of the smashed car roof. Asian Minion is an older brother to a six-year-old, so he is familiar a little bit about how car seats buckle in. But he said this rescue was something else. He says, I don't even know how to explain it. It was kind of like an adrenaline rush. Like, I didn't feel like I chose to do it. Well, it just happened, and I happened to fit in there. Now, the baby was saved and all right, and Asian got a few cuts and scrapes, but the pair of teens, although humble, are feeling pretty good about yeah, helping out. That's awesome. Congratulations yeah. to them. Good guys. Yeah, hopefully you get like a little citation or award or something yes. for their efforts. You know, it's interesting when you hear about incidents like this, when somebody rescues someone else or helps like that, they just it's instinct that's right and they don't even think about it mm-hmm. they just they just react and then you talk to them afterwards and they don't even remember it's it's just kind of like they just do it they just do it yeah. so that's wonderful in sports what a game in las vegas last night as two of college basketball's heavyweights went toe to toe for 40 minutes it's in vegas like a prize fight there oh my goodness yeah. i bet it was a sold out crowd yeah. too in the end it was the gonzaga bulldogs left standing holding on to beat the ucla bruins 79 to 76 to advance to the elite eight in the ncaa tournament it was march madness at its best gonzaga will now face uconn Tomorrow, that's going to tip off right around like 5.45 tomorrow evening. University of Oregon women's basketball team advancing in the WNIT. Ducks defeated San Diego 81-61 last night in Eugene. Oregon will now face the winner of the Washington-Kansas State game. That'll either be on Sunday or Monday in a great eight contest. Portland Trailblazers open a five-game homestand tonight, hosting the Chicago Bulls tip off 7 o'clock. Blazers will try to make it two wins in a row after snapping a six-game losing streak at Utah Wednesday evening. 
Counting tonight's game, mm-hmm. only ten games left in the regular season. Oh my gosh! They have to. I mean, they're they're out of the playoffs nice. right now, but they got to win some games. So, a question back to the uh, March Madness. I d- I don't know how this works, but what happens to these kids while they are uh, in the tournament and they have to go to class? Yeah. Do they get a little bit of help from their teachers to kind of extend their semester a little bit so that way they can? Focus mm-hmm. on these games. Yeah, you, well, a lot of times they will do their schoolwork on at the tournament site. Oh, so they will. They'll, oh. they'll you know, obviously, like yeah. online. Okay, things All right. you can that do. That makes sense. And there's even cases where they will take if they have to take a test, they'll have a proctor there and take the and, test and, in the locker and, room yeah, and then hit yeah. the court after. There you go. Wow, well, I hope they do, do good on those. Yeah. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And starting on a Monday, and it runs through Wednesday, is a Lenten mission at Holy Redeemer Parish in Vancouver. Jesus' Lenten conversation with Father Carlos Martin is happening each evening at 6.30 with adoration of the Blessed Sacrament and confessions to follow the talk each night. The first night is on Pilate, the second night Peter, and the last night Satan. And you can find more details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, and the Hail Mary media app. And Brenda continues her interview with Mark Dole right after the forecast. Support for Materday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Would you like to make your spring cleaning plans a little easier this year? Let Materday Radio give you a hand. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you would like to clear out, our vehicle donation program is just the answer. You can donate your vehicle to Materday Radio and get a likely tax deduction in return. It's quick and easy, giving you a real jumpstart to your spring cleaning. Learn more about our vehicle donation program at materdayradio.com. It is 841 in Mater Day Radio. Well, the snow falling up here on Sylvan Hill still. Supposed to for the next hour or so. We'll see showers the rest of today. High of 47. Rain, snow likely overnight tonight. Low of 34. And then again, chance of rain or snow showers for Saturday. A high of 47. Cur- Currently is 39 degrees at the St. Vincent de Paul Center in Vancouver. And it is 37 degrees at St. Cecilia Church in Beaverton. I am back with Mark Dole, our good friend. He is the parish coordinator at the beautiful St. Mary's Church in Mount Angel, Oregon. He's joining us today as he really invites all of us to enter into this holy week just with all of our senses to be able to live through the passion, death, and resurrection of our Lord. Mark is joining me today to share a little bit about how they prepare there at St. Mary's and is inviting all of us to join with them. Good morning, Mark. Thanks so much for staying with me. 
Uh, good morning. Nice to be back again. Well, Mark, as we ended our last segment, we were just talking about how we enter into this Palm Sunday and then through into Holy Week. And you said that your RCIA uh, people that are coming into the church, they play a part in that. Is there something that you say to them as they enter into this last week before they are fully received into the church that just that you tell them to to keep in mind and and really enter into this season in a new and unique way and things that they should really be aware of and watch for during Holy Week? For, for the RCIA, but I think it's for all of us, Brenda, it's, these liturgies of Holy Week are like none other. Um, and even for myself, who, who are quite familiar with them, uh, because we, we do these liturgies only once in the year, um, you really have to stop and you have to think um, what what they're all about and 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 how to to do them and to do them well um, because they they are very different they're they're not like our standard um, gathering on a Sunday for for mass um, they they um, there there is a richness I think one thing that I do like to tell our RCIA people and 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 generally our parishioners. Um, that these these uh, services on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday are considered one service, um, one yeah, one one mm-hmm. long service. Um, in fact, you will notice that on Holy Thursday, um, the, it doesn't quite finish. Uh, it, we 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 uh, Father uh, and our at least in our parish will will take off his chasuble. You put on a cope um, and then take with the humeral veil the Blessed Sacrament, and then we'll process it around the church, and we'll move the Blessed Sacrament to the altar of repose, and 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 everyone just departs in quiet, and and it doesn't really have an ending, um, and that's done on purpose because Good Friday begins without a beginning, <laughs> sure, <laughs> and and we just. Again, enter into the church in silence, and and the service just continues. And then at the end of Good Friday, again, it finishes in silence without really a, a solid ending because the service continues on Saturday evening uh, with the Easter Vigil. So there's this this sense of um, this movement through the the Holy Triduum um, that that doesn't have an end. Uh, so that service goes over three days. Um, and commemorates three very important parts of the the mystery of salvation, um, but it is one complete service uh, from beginning to end. And so, what I like to encourage, especially RCA, but also our parishioners, is to participate in all three uh, days of um, the the Easter Triduum, um, the Holy Thursday, the Good Friday service, and the Easter Vigil. Um, and especially if you've never participated in the Easter Vigil, I really encourage it because it is a service like, or a mass like no other. Um, the the readings are longer, as we journey through the the mystery of salvation as it's articulated through the Old Testament and into the Epistles and the Gospel. Um, beautiful um, e- explanation of of the mystery of salvation through the readings, um, the service of light, which begins that service, the lighting of the fire, the procession of the Easter candle, the proclamation of the um, Easter, uh, or the Easter proclamation, the, uh, the exultant, 
Oh, it's it's beautiful, and and I'm excited this year. This um, we we have a new music director at, at at the church. She's been with us since June last year, so this is going to be her first uh, Easter with us, and she's been preparing and organizing. Um, so I I think we're going to have really great music mm. um, for the Easter liturgies. Well, that is kind of ushering in those Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and of course Holy Saturday as we lead into the beautiful Easter Sunday Masses. Mark, it is important that the faithful enter into this season, this kind of continuous liturgy that begins during the Holy Week in this right and prayerful way. And there at St. Mary's, you're offering a beautiful evening service on Tuesday, that Tenebrae prayer service. For our listeners who aren't familiar with that, can you tell them a little bit more about it and how it plays off this idea of the light and the darkness? Yeah, Tenebrae is such a beautiful service, Brenda. It's it's actually, it's a very ancient liturgy. It goes back many, many, many years. Um, and it's something that was very prevalent pre-Vatican II. We, we kind of lost the Tenebrae service after Vatican II because the renewal of the liturgy um, cre- created or, or dedicated very specific um, services or masses for Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and Easter Vigil. And those were the three evenings or the three days where Tenebrae would have been celebrated. Um, and so it was kind of replaced with the the Easter Tridom liturgy. Um, however, um, it was not abolished or uh, couldn't be celebrated in, in other ways in the liturgy. It just helped, somehow kind of fell by the wayside. And and we are seeing in recent years a kind of a comeback um, of the Tenebrae service, uh, maybe not in the full three-day uh, version that would have been familiar prior to Vatican II, but um, a lot of parishes are doing at least one uh, evening or one service of Tenebrae, and that's what we're doing over here at St. Mary's as well. Um, tenebrae itself um, was... Um, based on the Liturgy of the Hours, um, so the the morning prayer or evening prayer, um, and it's kind of like a combination of those hours, and really focuses on the the kind of the the, the, the sorrowful type mysteries. The, it, you would see more sorrowful um, psalms being used, um, and then interdispersed with the psalms as choral pieces. Um, and readings from the books of lamentation, um, and so you'll—it's you'll, it, a very somber service. Um, it really focuses on the um, the passion of our Lord uh, in in a very particular way, especially in a prophetic way, and um, and and really, as you mentioned, it plays on the this the 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 the. the, the of light and darkness. And so this service will begin um, with the church kind of very sparsely lit, and then at the front of the church, uh, what we call a tenebrae hearse, uh, which is really just a large candelabra um, with 15 candles on it. And as the uh, prayers are prayed, as the psalms are uh, sung or read, as the readings are uh, either chanted or read, um, after each 
peace, uh, a candle is extinguished. And so slowly the church descends into darkness and until finally right at the end of the service you have one solitary candle lit, the Christ candle, and that is lifted by the presider and processed through the church. And as it's processed through the church, uh, the congregation make this loud noise, um, and the way they do it is is by banging their missalettes or their music books on the pews to create a, a loud noise uh, as the candle is processed and then hidden, and the church is plunged into darkness with this loud noise. Um, so it really um, it uses the senses uh, to to uh, help us enter into the mystery of the passion of, of, of the Lord. Um, and, and then the, the candle um, is reintroduced, the, 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 the church falls into silence, and the service ends. And so it's, uh, uh, it, it is a really beautiful service, and I'm really glad that it, it is making a comeback in many churches, um, and very excited to be able to bring it back um, in our parish, which... Um, is the first time in many years. I'm sure we used to celebrate it, Brenda, mm-hmm. <laughs> because because oh. I did find when I was hunting through, I did find Tenebrae Missalette booklets there that probably d- predate Vatican <laughs> Vatican oh. II, so that, that we have a box of them. So I'm sure they used to use it in the church, but in recent years, we it, this is we haven't celebrated Tenebrae, and uh, so we're excited to be doing it again. So that um, that will be on the Tuesday of Holy Week. Um, it's April the fourth. And Tenebrae service will begin at 7 p.m., um, and it runs about an hour long. Oh, well, as you said, all of those senses of sight and smell and, of course, sound just really brings us all together to help us enter this beautiful Holy Week. I can't think of a more beautiful parish to do that than at St. Mary's there in Mount Angel. Mark, I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for just sharing with us all that is happening there and uh, we pray for all of your parishioners and uh, have a very very blessed rest of your Lenten season likewise Brenda and we we just wish you all uh, a very holy and blessed uh, holy week coming up and and a great celebration as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ Oh, thank you again. That is Mark Dole, the parish coordinator of St. Mary's Church down in Mount Angel, Oregon. Now, their full schedule for Holy Week that begins with Palm Sunday on April 2nd, and then all of their activities going on. I will add a link to the podcast of this interview that'll get you to their website, and then you can find the full schedule of events. You're going to find that link at materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. And it is 8.53 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend, Friday morning. You know, talking to Mark and their activities they have going on at St. Mary's. I mean, I'm looking at our community calendar, and there is a lot mm-hmm. of activities going on around the Archdiocese of Portland. A lot, of course, linked to Lent and, of course, the Easter season. So, yeah, please check out the community calendar. It's on our website, materdayradio.com. Just click on the Get Involved menu community calendar, and then you can really review everything. Uh, Deb does a great job of keeping this up to date with all the events and activities happening at the different parish and schools around our Archdiocese of Portland. Again, that is at materdayradio.com or through the free Hail Mary media app. 
Support for Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our leadership circle members, including Holy Family Supply, Salem's Catholic Bookstore. Located at 421 Court Street Northeast in downtown Salem, Holy Family Supply has a wide variety of Catholic gifts for all occasions, including Bibles, rosaries, statues, and holy cards. Holy Family Supply current hours and days of operation are available by phone at 503-588-1071. Would you like to gain a deeper understanding of the Holy Mass? Hello, this is Terry Ross. Join me on Mater Dei Radio each Saturday afternoon at 4 and Sunday afternoon at 2 for the glory of the Mass. Every weekend, we'll explore the rich history of sacred music within the Catholic liturgy. Increase your appreciation for the beauty and sanctity of Catholic sacred music with the glory of the Mass Saturday and Sunday afternoons on Mater Dei Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. The Morning Blend, Western Oregon and Southwest Washington's number one Catholic morning show on the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Mater Dei Radio. 855 in Mater Dei Radio. Looks like a winter wonderland out there right now. We're going to see showers today, high of 47 degrees. More rain, snow overnight tonight, low of 34. And Saturday, again, you could see snow showers in the morning with a high of 47. It's currently 38 degrees in the Rose City. And closing out our show, here is Matt Marr and Alive and Breathing. And you're listening to The Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. What holds your heart? What stirs your soul? What matters come to mind? Thank you. 
That is Matt Marr, alive and breathing. It's 859 at Mater Day Radio. Oh, wonderful week. Thank you so much for listening to The Morning Blend. David and Brenda with you. Hey, have a wonderful weekend. Oh, why, you too as well. Well, we thank have, you. We have some friends coming in from out of town, so it's going to be a really great time. So we're looking forward to that. We hope you have a very great weekend and a blessed day.